0: You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Hello again, everyone. This is Doug Thorpe, and you're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense. Today, uh, my guest is going to help us understand what it means to get focused and uplevel your thinking, and more importantly, shift to stop thinking about what you lack and don't have, but think about abundance. And that's an interesting topic that I've certainly run across from time to time. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive in and see what that really means. Martin, uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Doug. I'm so excited to be here with you. I didn't really do a good introduction. His name is Martin Salama. And uh, Martin, tell everybody where you're located. I am in Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York. All right. Very good. A native grown up there? Grown up
1: here, uh, lived in New Jersey for about 20 years, and then I came back here.
0: Yeah, yeah, great. Well, Martin and I connected through an awesome network of uh, podcasts, entrepreneurs, guests, hosts, speakers, thought leaders, and um, that's another subject we'll we'll save to the end, and I'll, I'll share a shout out for that, that people can uh, pursue and get into if they want to, but... Martin, let's uh, let's start with a little bit of backstory. Tell us how you kind of, you know, grew into what it is you're doing now and how you arrived at, uh, at this powerful message.
1: All right, cool. So first, let me tell you, uh, I'm known as the architect of the warrior's life code and life stands for live incredibly full every day. So that's where that whole mindset of abundance comes into play. Now, I would love to say that I was like this my entire life, but I, I really wasn't. It really wasn't. And it started out at an early age. When I was about 10 years old, I had a tragedy in my life that looking back now, I can say that that was a defining moment in my life. I didn't know it at the time. And I didn't know it for many years later that that moment had changed me and shifted my, the way I am. And it's not anybody told me, uh, but when I was 10 years old, um, my five-year-old brother, Michael was killed by a school bus. Oh my. Yeah. And I have four older sisters. So here I am the only boy, you know, what comes to mind. It's my job to carry on the mantle. It's my job to carry on the legacy of the name because even though of my sisters who have done awesome things in their lives, it's still not the last name and they're not gonna carry on the name. And my parents had made great strides in, in, in their lives and making great names for themselves. <laughs> and, 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 and it's funny because my father never liked the attention that came with, you know, the things that he did. Whereas I was always seeking that attention. And I think it started at this age of 10 when I lost my brother, because at that moment I told myself a story and that was, it's my job to make sure my parents are always happy. They're distraught, they're down, they've lost their baby. This is the greatest tragedy that they could ever have is lose a child, you know? So it's my job to make sure that they never feel any kind of pain after getting over this or whatever it is, you know, moving on from here because you never get over it, you know, right right. there. But, um, so, but this is a 10 year old talking to myself. So at that moment I became a people pleaser and, uh, you know, it took me about 40 years to recognize what that also brought along with it. It brought that I took things personally. It brought that I was a control freak. And worst of all, it brought that I had a very short temper because if As a people pleaser, I want to make sure that things are going my way. And when they're not, I take them personally. And when that happens, I start to get upset and lose my temper. I overreact to the point that I was like a nuclear reactor. I would go back and try to fix everything, you know, with like, I'm sorry, but you did this and this did that. That's not really an apology. That's just a a rationalization. I'm sorry, but yeah. Right. So, and I came to realize that rationalize is really two words and it, it, it affected on everything I did. I would say I was gonna do something, and I would say, even though deep down inside I knew it wasn't right, I was gonna to try to make somebody else happy, I'm gonna to try to feed my ego. And I realized rationalize is really two words, which I've trademarked is rational lies. That you lie to yourself that it's rational that you're doing something that goes against what you really believe because it's for the greater good. But really what it is, it's to serve somebody else, to serve your ego, to, to whatever you know, it's part of my people pleasing. So fast forward to 2008. Uh, I'm married for almost 25 years at the time. My wife and I are working on a project for five years to build a multi-million dollar health, health club and tennis center in New Jersey. And it took us five years because we came up with the idea. We had to do the feasibility study. We had to find the land, all those things. And then it was getting the approvals and from the city and the state. Finally, in the summer of 2008, we got the approvals. If it was 2006 or 7 I'd go to the bank, they're like, here you go. How much money do you need? And I'd already put in over $3 million into this thing. But for me, fate would have it that it would be 2008. And I go to the banks and they're like, yep, yeah, we're not lending right now. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, things are slowing down. Comes to September and Bernie Madoff, subprime loans, the whole world financially falls apart. And overnight, That was it. I was wiped out. And uh, it was tough. It was a tough thing. It took me about a year to pick myself off the ground. I stopped paying my mortgage. I stopped paying my car payments. You know, and one day my dad, my son tells me, dad, they're towing away our car. I was being repossessed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, I I knew it was coming, but, you know, you never, oh, I'll put the bill on the side. Maybe tomorrow will be a better day and some money will show up (laughs) somewhere. Yeah, yeah, not the way it works. And they foreclosed on the house, and it took a while. In New Jersey, was so backed up, there was so so many foreclosures. It took a while till they finally took the house, but they did take it eventually. Uh, So, it was a tough time, and I I went into a depression, and it took me about a year to recognize that that depression was all situational. It was going on; it was going on in my life. So, I started to pick myself up. I went through some therapy. I did some coaching. And I realized that, okay, I, I can get through this, but what do I wanna do the rest of my life, <laughs> you know? And I thought about it and I realized the times that I was happiest was when I was involved in community events. And that was also following in the footsteps of my parents who are always community-minded you know, leaders. And I was a leader, I started the first synagogue in Eatontown, New Jersey, which now has over 400 families in it. And one of the things that I was great at as a leader was getting other people to recognize that even the little bit that they do helps a lot. So I was was a life coach (laughs) without getting paid for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Well, so the specific shift into this work you're doing with, with your life warrior work, and at the core of it is this notion of shifting your mindset from, scarcity and lack, and it focus on abundance, right. and, and, and and again, I'll allude to the fact, I'm, I hear that a lot, and I've read some things, and I've talked to people, I've gone to some workshops, and I'll be transparent with the audience. I I've, I don't disagree with it, but I also haven't invested the time and energy to really lean into what that means, because right. I, I generally am an optimistic guy and upbeat, and I don't I don't dwell on that sense of dread and lack. And so maybe I've just de facto been living an abundant life. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> maybe that's what it amounts to. But uh, anyway, t- so my point is, tell us a little more about yeah the the framework and the the structure for that shift.
1: Sure. So here I was. I decided I'm going to go into <clears> life coaching, do the research, find a place, and make a deal with them that I'll pay you as, as we go along, you know, because I really have next to no money coming in, but enough that I can do something like this on a small level. And I'm like, okay, great. We hear you. We, we, we support you. And this was a few months out and a couple of months before it was my 24th wedding anniversary. And my wife says, I'm done. I want a divorce. You know, the 365 other days, you could say this to me. <laughs> yeah, really. She fixed that. Day. That seems appropriate, right? <laughs> yeah, right? I was, of course, devastated, even though I, I knew it was coming. Uh, but I looked at it and I said, and looking back, I think God was telling me, you know, you want to go through life coaching, you really got to figure out what you're going what's going on in your own brain first before you can figure out other things. So that opened me up to being open to whatever they were going to tell me when I walked into. Coaching training. And I went to one of these places that it wasn't you go one weekend and you're done. It was almost a year's worth of training yeah. that um. I went through uh to get my certification. And that first weekend, they focus on you and recognizing what's working for you, what's not, and that you can change. So I was like, oh, so I don't have to take things personally. I don't have to have the world on my shoulders. That's my decision. So that was the beginning of cracking open, I guess, the safe you know, the the, the gold, the, 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 the treasure with the gold in it, because it gave me hope that if I do the work, it'll work out for me. And I hear where you're coming from, Doug, that you've had that mindset always. So for you, it's, it's, it's hard for you to recognize that there are people who are just like, everything that comes away, I go, again, well, I can't catch a break. That's the mindset that some people have. The smallest thing comes along that wants to knock them off and they're like, oh my God, here I go again. So they're putting themselves into that mindset. And as a result, they see the problems instead of the opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, um, let me go back to the the whole mindset in the 2008 timeframe. And Mm -hmm. I want to be specific. I know I've got some younger listeners in the audience. And in times before, I've alluded to that 2008 timeframe, you know, great recession in, in the U.S. But our minds and our thoughts have you know done so much of a fast forward that was actually fourteen almost fifteen you well, was fifteen years ago now. <laughs> do the math. And a lot of people don't realize what was happening there. So as a reminder, real quick, there was this yeah. giant financial crisis and crash had a lot to do with uh, uh, real estate, but it also had to do with oil. And, uh, you know, unemployment rate in the U.S. went up to like double digits, some parts of the country, 15 and 18 percent unemployment. And we haven't seen that in a long time. And even right now, with the economic pressure that's circulating, we haven't hit those kind of unemployment numbers. We got this weird conundrum going on where the general job market is pretty solid.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Um, it's weird that we have that now because inflation is so high. It's usually... Employ- unemployment goes up with inflation. And right. It's right. really weird out a and, very uh a paradoxical time.
0: And I realize that you know there are definitely companies and industries and populations that have suffered big layoffs but Systemically, we're, we're not there yet. So mm-hmm. I, I'm right there with you, Martin. In that 2008 time frame, I, I had a company that was directly related to the mortgage business, and mm-hmm. I had to shut it down and ultimately file a bankruptcy. Right. And I had a car towed because guess what? The car was financed through the company, you know, and when the
1: company <laughs> went bankrupt,
0: the car went away, you know. That's right. And uh, oh, yeah, so right. I get to the choir. <laughs> I've, I've been through, right. so I, I, I feel your brother. I've
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, know I look back experience. now a year or so beforehand, I had mm-hmm. refinanced my house to, to like, oh, this is what you want to evaluate my house at okay, you know, it's much more than I thought you were going to, but I'll take the money because I'm putting it into this project here. And it's interesting because those things were happening. What we talk talking about, the oil and the mortgages and all that, the real estate, but it wasn't until Bernie Madoff that the rest of the house of cards fell. Yeah, All those things were teetering. But when Madoff did that, everything else, it was like a domino effect. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it, suffice it to say, it was a tough time. And if, if if you were in business or if you were caught up in losing your job, the, you know, the uh, the impact that had and, 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 you know, families going through divorces and all kinds of things going on. I saw it from a front row seat. And I, having had to shut down my company, I was kind of going, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And through a series of events, I created a nonprofit organization that helped job seekers. And
1: fantastic!
0: The organization, over the next five-year period, coached about 4,500 people through life change. It, it wasn't just about finding that new job, but it really was a kind of life coaching to yeah. help people get refocused and, and recalibrate their own sense of personal worth and identity. It was a yeah. big deal. Very, you know, very big.
1: often when I'm talking to someone about business coaching, right? We start off with the business, but within two to three sessions, many times they realize, oh, wait a minute, I got to work on myself before I can work on my business. Exactly. They, they don't want to recognize it. At first. <clears throat> they think the business is the problem and it might be, but you have to look at what's creating the problems in the business. And it could be your mindset. It could be the culture that you're setting up in there. That might be leading to everything else.
0: Yeah, I, I tell a story, and I've, I've repeated it a lot. And perhaps if you're listening, you're getting tired of hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a client not so long ago that, when I first engaged, and 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 you know, they had invited me to come and 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 visit with them and work with them. I said, okay, first session, you know, let's talk about your vision for your company here. What do you want to do? And he said, I don't want to lose money. <laughs> and I said, uh, I'm sorry. That's table stakes. That's not a vision. That's that's just a given. And I said, "There's got to be more more purpose, more why to it." You know, right, what, what right, are you right. doing? And he goes, "Nope. I just I like what I'm doing, and I don't want to lose money." And I'm thinking, "Okay, this is going to be hard." <laughs>
1: So what happened?
0: <laughs> but well, it it, it ultimately um, I tried to quit about five times and they wouldn't let me. And, right. and and finally one day, and we were better than a year into the engagement, they came to me and said, I'm not sure this is doing anything. I said, Gosh, I've been telling you that all along. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, a lot of that has to do with what's going on in there. Yeah, look, by saying I don't want to lose money. Let's talk about the law of attraction for a second. The more you, you know, for two years before my divorce, I was saying, I don't want to get divorced. Instead of saying, I want to get married. I want to stay married. Right. Right. So the the, the universe, and I I don't care what anybody says, the universe is listening. Right. And when, so when you say, I don't want to lose money, they're hearing lose money. The universe is listening. Yeah. And it becomes, it becomes part of the culture there. It's like an athlete. You know, you know, sometimes you watch a game and they go and they're doing everything they can do not to lose. Right. Instead of saying they're doing everything they can do to win the freaking game.
0: That's why it is funny you say that. And I don't want to devolve too much into sports. But the one aspect of football, whether it's pro or college, that I hate is at the end of the game, a company starts uh, – a, a team starts playing prevent defense. Prevent defense. <laughs> they open up the field for 20 yards and right. then – they, you know, the other team dinks 20-yard passes all the way down for a touchdown. You know, right. and, and they like, try to make open doing?
1: field tackles that never work.
0: <laughs> <And> it's like, <laughs> God, that never works. Why doesn't anybody see that? <laughs> uh, but I, again, I digress. So right, right, right. so what would you tell somebody that is coming to you and saying, gee, Martin, you know, I, I just really feel stuck in what I'm doing. And I got this. And I got that. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you know, I'm it's all dark well how do you kind of get their attention and turn them around
1: well first we we, we, we I make a list with them of the things specifically that they think are dark right and then say how much of this is outside influences and how much is it your own influences right and that for me is is part of what i call the admission cleansing and celebration state so the first one is admission admitting that some of the things are within your control and you have to be willing to take control of those things and make the changes, yeah. right? So yeah. then we go through that list, we go, okay, the things that are not in your control, you can't control no matter much, how much of a control freak you are, which I'm speaking from, from experience because I felt I could control everything, even the, even the weather, <laughs> no, it just doesn't work that way. But you can control the things that, you, are in your control and it's about recognizing and saying taking the words i can't or it won't happen or all those negativity words out because you're setting yourself up for failure as soon as you say it. yeah
0: <clears throat>
1: you know there's definitely
0: some teachings in, in across the globe as i understand it and a little bit of study i've done it, it's Principally spiritual, and it's not just limited to Christian or, or, or Jewish beliefs, but it's right. other Absolutely. other beliefs that the words we speak or think become the blessings or curses on our own life.
1: That's right. That's right, 100%. I agree with you. And it's what we think is what we say, and what we say is what we do. Mm-hmm. So if we can think the positive things and think I can do this, or how can I do this? Or what can I do to overcome these abstinence? So then you speak it and then you do the actions to make them happen. Yeah. So it becomes a good uh, snowball effect, a positive snowball effect. Right. Well, I'll tell you what,
0: Martin, it's time for us to take a quick commercial break. And speaking of positive things, I'd I'd like my bills to get paid. So (laughs) Uh, we're going to do that. And then uh, we've got some other thoughts on this subject that we're going to dive into when we come back. So folks, hang with us. Business is all about solving complex problems as fast as you can create them. Become the best problem solver by leading others to greatness, too. And the first step is going to DougThorpe.com. Doug Thorpe is known globally for coaching entrepreneurs and business leaders, improving their performance and the work output of everyone surrounding them. You can find health, wealth, and happiness by learning to lead others to health, wealth, and happiness. Go to DougThorpe.com now and order Doug's books or hire him to coach your managers. That's DougThorpe.com. Hello again, everyone. We're back. Uh, this is Leadership Powered by Common Sense, and I am your host, Doug Thorpe. I'm talking with Martin Salama, and we're, we're talking about his program that uh, lives. Uh, it's about living the warrior life, L-I-F-E, and that's an acronym that says what, uh, Martin? Live incredibly full every day. And it it speaks to this mindset of abundance versus lack. Mm -hmm. And when we when we were on the break or at at the break, we were talking a little bit about the kind of the progression of this. But let's dive a little deeper. So uh, tell me more about your kind of program and methodology for helping somebody through that.
1: So I touched on the admissions cleansing and celebration, which is the first step. And the cleansing and celebration are all part of the things as you go along. You start with admission and then you move forward from there. Right. So that's one. And recently I came up with something as an adjunct, as, a, as an addition to my coaching course, which is a card deck. Okay. It's called the Warrior to Warrior card deck. Makes sense, right? How to go from being a warrior to being a warrior. And in there are a bunch of little parts of my course. And we're talking about the mindset here. So let's talk about self conscious versus self aware. Okay. So self conscious. Is, is that mindset of lack. It's that mindset of, you know, Ugh, I can't believe everything's happening to me, you know, or that guilt side. So just I'll read a little bit. Or, or that if
0: I can interject or yeah. what comes to my mind, is that feeling like I don't belong here and all those negative talks that are going on in your right. head. I'm not right. smart enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not pretty enough. Right. I'm not
1: worthy. Right. I'm not worthy. Yeah. Right. So self-conscious comes from a place of negative energy, guilt, conflict doubt, right? Self-conscious is more outward directed. It's being more concerned about what others are thinking of you and how the situation is going to affect you. You probably react to uncomfortable situations instead of respond. There's more to it, but that gives you an idea. Self-awareness comes from a place of positive energy, acceptance, contentment, self-assuredness Self-awareness is more inward facing. You have an accurate and realistic understanding of how you are responding to situations and how you feel about things. So that's the beginning of it. And, you know, we talked earlier about living incredibly full every day. I wake up every day with a mindset of gratitude, right? So if you wake up with that mindset of gratitude, I'm so glad I woke up. I'm so glad that my wife made me a cup of coffee. I'm I'm, Whatever it is, right? I'm so grateful for it. Now you're setting yourself up for being open for whatever's going to come. And then I pray. And then I say, I live incredibly full every day because now I'm not allowing those negative things that could come my way to affect me negatively and complain about them and yeah. blame blame yeah. and blame. I like that, and
0: and you know, I, I want to pause for a minute. There, there are probably some that are listening to this right now, and they're going, "Oh goodness, Doug, you've gone off in the woo-woo here. You know, <laughs> What are you doing? You're not helping me with my, um, you with know, my business. A <laughs> real problem." And you know, uh, Martin, you know the network we're in. There's there's a lot of talk about embracing the woo, you know, right. and, and um, kind of getting <laughs> accepting the reality that there is a reality that we are wired you know our our the creation that we are you know we're as human beings we're wired certain ways we we have been conditioned or programmed as some people say and perhaps it was in the early age or a early adult experience and a lot of this is exactly the notion of overcoming those moments getting out of the self-conscious and into a self-aware that, you know, it was not my fault that dad died or, you know, right. it, it, and, uh, or well, that
1: my brother was killed by a school bus course, many years I took the, I took blame for that. Cause maybe I said something negatively. I wish he was dead. You know, who knows? I might've yeah. said that when I was a child. You yeah. know, I'm saying, Oh God's fulfilling my wish. Right. Right. You know, And it, it weighs on you <clears> to realize it's not my fault. I wasn't on the bus. I wasn't anywhere near it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and it it sometimes takes you know years of reflection and to to find finally reach that point of being able to accept the truth about what was going on, yeah, or, or what is going on, and 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 you know, no, you're you are smart, you are capable, you are able, you you know how you think you look ultimately doesn't really matter, you know, and, and all of those things, right
1: absolutely i agree with everything you said you know uh looks can only get you so far in the world (laughs) eventually you got to produce something so it doesn't matter if you're the most gorgeous person in the world if you got nothing going on up there it'll come it'll catch you (laughs) funny
0: note on that and i i don't mean to be insensitive when i say it's a funny thing but going back to the 2008 the the jobs program i had one of the big topics linkedin was emerging as a as a big deal and um I had been on LinkedIn since 2005, and then 2008 happened. And so the question was, what do I do with my LinkedIn profile? And I had still, at that moment, had a lot of people that said, I don't want to put a picture on it because that employer is going to disqualify me based on the way I look. I said, guess what? When you show up for the interview, if that's a problem, you're going to be disqualified then. Right. And, And on the other side of it, if you don't have a picture up there, they're disqualifying you already. Well, that's how it's evolved, and, and I, I finally got some recruiters to come to my program and speak to the fact that they knew for a fact that uh, employers were telling them, if I can't see a picture on the profile, I think somebody, they're hiding something, and right. I'm not, I'm not going to waste my time.
1: Right. And I never I, accept a Facebook friend without a picture. Right. That's, a, that's the first. <laughs> there's many other factors
0: but that's the first flag. (laughs) Right. And yeah, and it's not because you're, you're trying to make that physical connection by any means, but it's, it's just a, you know, it's, it's a badge of credibility now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, yeah, you know, but it it, it was the people I was talking to, there was a lot of anxiety, you know, I know I look funny or I'm a little overweight or my hair's going gray or, you know, and, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's your reality right now. You are who you are, exactly. and celebrate it. And focus on your statement of what you can do for somebody.
1: Right. And, I, and you put it so well. That's their reality. Yeah. Each person has their own reality. Everybody, and it's about you. You know, it's in the Talmud. The you know, the world is as you see it. Right. You know, if you want to see it through rose-colored glasses, then everything is going to be wonderful. Yeah, But if you want to see it in dark, dreary glasses, <clears throat> then that's what you're going to see. You know, and, and
0: on that note, I was I'm reminded I was talking to a client yesterday and um, she was going through some pretty serious personnel matters in her company. And um, I told her, I said, well, let me tell you a story. And I, I go back to this jobs program I had. We had, we had cranked through several hundred participants in the program, and I'm an old banker, so numbers and statistics are in my mind. So I ran a, uh, an analysis of how successful our program was, mm-hmm. and uh, the, when the numbers came back, we had a 66% rate success rate of people finding new jobs (laughs) well for me that wasn't good enough 66 you know (laughs) you wanted to be 96 yeah exactly (laughs) and it bugged me and finally i decided i started looking through that third so 66 is two thirds so i looked at the third third that was not successful and as i started going through the roster I could think of some very specific moments talking to these people, and I went, oh, my God. I said, these are the ones that have that negative mindset, and they would come to our programs, and they would argue with the speakers. They would argue with the trainers. They would argue with me about what we were trying to share with them and encourage them to do, and they would tell stories about their bad boss that fired them and, you know, did all blah, 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 negative. negative. What about
1: everybody else?
0: And then when I went through the list of the other two thirds that had had some success, there was one third that was way over the edge, type A, positive, energetic. I had one lady that came to one class. And got so motivated, she, as she was leaving, she asked me for the, quote, rest of the program. I had a six-part program we did, so technically you had to come for six weeks to get the whole enchilada. Right. But she asked me for the rest of it. And then when she showed up next week, she said, I got a job. (laughs) She
1: watched and did the whole thing on her own or whatever it was. She did said, the I whole thing,
0: this. self-paced, went <laughs> home, went through the steps, got an interview Perfect. the next day and was hired the
1: next morning after that. So here's what happened. You inspired her and that motivated her. There's a difference right. between inspiration and motivation. You gave her the inspiration. She built the motivation to get it done. Right, right. And,
0: you know, and I would argue that she also had a general framework of abundance anyway.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: she, even when she showed up the first day and presented herself and she was an HR person and she was just very positive, you know, it it was, she wasn't wounded. She wasn't damaged, you know, she
1: was, you know, I'm going to go figure this out. She was a victim of what was going on and she recognized it wasn't about her. Right. Was about everything else, let me just pick myself up, dust myself off and say, where am I? I My mindset isn't changing. Let me find something else to do what I can do. Well, and, and related to that, I, I
0: took, you know, great comfort in when she came back, she said, what I heard in that first class was so positive. And as an HR person, she said, you guys are doing groundbreaking stuff here. You know, this, this is, this is, you're addressing all the things that are wrong with the, require, the with the recruiting process. Yeah, And she said, you know, so when I saw it and figured out what you're doing, it was like, I am all on board. Yeah. More and more
1: HR people <clears throat> are going through coaching programs. Yeah, they are which is the right thing to do. Give you sure. extra weapons in your, in your arsenal to help somebody in a positive way.
0: Yeah. So let's spend a minute. Give us one of your maybe case histories or case studies. If you can,
1: can share a, a story or two with us. Yeah. Give me a minute. I, I want to read what somebody wrote because I, it was so impactful to me. I want to read it the right way. How's that? Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, wait, I have a better way of finding it. Oh, I forgot. It's on my website. <laughs> so this is a young man. His name is Josh. Okay. Joshua. And he came to me in an interesting way. I started working with his sister as mm. helping me to develop my brand, develop my, my presence and understand, you know, get to my vision, my, my mission. And she, he started working with us. They were a partner. And after a few weeks, he said to me, I really like what you're putting together here. Can I become a client of yours? Will you coach me? So it ended up being, he ended up becoming kind of like my proof of concept because these were things I was doing with my clients anyway, but now I was, I was formalizing it. I was giving them yeah. names. I was building them. <laughs> trying to brand up. it and package it. Yeah. All right. So it says, yep. when I started working with and I was ready to give up all hope of living a happy life. I thought that this was my last shot And that if this didn't work, I would give up and become a tool for other people's happiness. I didn't (laughs) understand that I had internal limiting beliefs and rational lies that were keeping me tied to my old ways of thinking. Since I started working with Martin, I've gained positive clarity on life. I've accepted my own power and choice. I've taken responsibility for my choices and let go of those choices that were not mine. I have decided to live in abundance and gratitude. Because of these changes, Martin taught me, I'm happier. I have better relationships. I have more clients because I am being my real positive self. Looking back, all I wanted was hope that I could start to heal. Needless to say, I have that now. Great.
0: That's yeah. awesome. Fantastic. That is very awesome.
1: I get I get emotional when I read that because I remember oh, sure. the first times when we were meeting and he was listening and he was open to it but there was a part of him that was afraid that it might not work yeah so i said okay i get it just trust in yourself and trust in me Yeah, hold your hand through this process right and he's been a, he's been fantastic he's, he's a different person his mother uh because i'm involved with the brother and sister and they worked out of the house i i their mother was a, his mother i met them about a year ago and she the first thing she did face to face after being on zoom for 2 years or whatever she hugged me and she said thank you for saving my son's life oh my gosh wow that's awesome <clears throat> my answer to her was i was just i was just the the vehicle he got in and drove it
0: right right <laughs> You know, it, it it is powerful when you can make that kind of an effect. And as you were describing part of that and began talking about the mother, I was I was thinking of the number of times I've worked with a client and they'll come into a session and they'll say, hey, Doug, you know, that thing we talked about last week, he said, I, I sat down with my wife and talked about it. And uh, you know I wasn't sure I was buying it or wasn't sure I was following it, but my my wife told me, "You better listen to what Doug's
1: telling you. he is
0: spot <laughs> on you, you need
1: <laughs> right <laughs> I had an a, an interesting conversation with a woman about a year ago. We both have children that are uh, that have um special needs right so she was calling me to ask some advice about how I got through some things with my do- my child and how she could use it. And then we started talking, I knew her forever. We grew up together in the same community. And she said, you know, I'm really struggling in my marriage right now. I'm struggling with this. I said, this happened for me a few years ago when I was working on stuff with my ex-wife or myself. I, I was working with a coach and she said, well, tell me something that's bothering you." I said, well, what's bothering is that my wife, my ex-wife calls me the devil incarnate to my children. You know, and my my daughter who's on the spectrum, it doesn't speak with me enough. She goes, well, just tell yourself a new story. I said, what do you mean? And she explained to me, figure out what's going on and just change the wording to yourself. Don't tell it to anybody else. So I was like, oh, okay. I've worked with her for a session on it or so. And I came up with my ex is doing the best she can with the circumstances that she has. My daughter is doing the best she can to move forward in her life. And I just said it to myself that week. I made a phone call to my daughter. And before that, We were talking for maybe a minute and there were one word answers for my daughter. When she, that day, I don't know what it was. It was just because my energy changed. I didn't say anything to her. We spoke for 15 minutes. And from that time to now, she has made great strides. My ex-wife and I have a much better relationship because I changed the way I was thinking about things and the way I spoke. So I told this to the woman and she's like, oh, okay. The next week she called me, she goes, oh my God, what a difference. I turned around, my daughter came to me the next day with a problem. I said, think about it in a different way and boom. So then I started working on myself with it too. It was a little
0: thing. Yeah. Well, as you say that, I'm reminded I had a guest uh, a while back. It was episode 89 on the show. His name was Kevin Palmieri. And he said in in his own reflection of a similar thinking, he said, I look back and I realized I was 50% of my failed relationships. That's
1: right. That's right. When I was first getting divorced, I thought I was 100% of my failed relationship. And then going through this coaching, I realized, you know what? I could only take responsibility for the things I did wrong. Yeah, that's right. And that's it. So I realized we were both victims and we were both culprits to the fall of the marriage. Sure. Now that's not always the case, but in my case, that's the way it ended up being.
0: Right, right. Well, Martin, this has been great, man. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing. And we're going to need to wrap this up.
1: Uh, tell people the best way to get a hold of you if they're interested. So I found that I came up with a way that makes it simple for people to remember. And you go there, you can get some free gifts, and you can get my cards. And you could even pre order my, my, my book, which is coming out in the next month or so. And it's connectwithmartin.com. Okay. That's it. <clears throat> nice. Connect with Martin.
0: Okay. It's not Martin Short or Martin Sheen. It's, it's no, Martin it's Connect Salama. with Martin
1: Salama, but it's Connect with Martin.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for uh, sharing with us. And uh, oh, I, I teased and I alluded to the group we're in. There's, right. there's something called Speakers Playhouse that we're a part of. And uh, a lady named Kimberly Crow is the creator. And. Um, um, she, She's just got an amazing, and, and you talk about over-the-top positive energy. Kimberly will wear <laughs> you out. Uh, yeah, I
1: thought I had a lot of energy. I feel like I'm sleeping next to Kimberly, Kimberly and her partner, Ginny Trask.
0: Yeah, that's right. I don't want to leave out Jenny, but um, it's a great program. And if you are a, a person, a, a business owner who has a passion for maybe dipping your toe in the podcast water, either as a host or a guest it's uh it's a great thing to um hop in on and what we'll do I'll actually put a gratuitous link to that in uh the sh- this show note and Absolutely. Uh, if you want to get over there um I, I've had a chance to be on Kimberly's show and in her program a time or two and it's mm-hmm. it's it's great fun and super information
1: that's it that's is and you know I love thing. to say it like this it's a great place to network it's free it's for <clears throat> stages looking for speakers and speakers looking for stages.
0: That's right, simple. right. It is, and it's uh, it's a great place. At this point, I want to remind everybody, if you're listening on your streaming service, the show is on video over at YouTube, channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. Hop over there, uh, subscribe to the channel, leave us a note, uh, give us a comment, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. For now, we're going to sign off, say goodbye, wish you a great day, and we hope to see you again real soon. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.